Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 Calgary West. Melody and Caleb, thank you guys. Oh yeah, that's right. Get me balanced up the middle here. Thank you so much. Morning everybody, welcome to church. So nice to see y'all. <laughs> we got a very interesting service ahead of us. Um, in a moment of sheer enthusiasm, I said, we're going to have a healing and deliverance service. It's, uh, I hadn't given that much thought other than that moment. The, the train of thought had left the station before the conductor said, go. Um, so many, many people have been asking, when are we going to do that? You know, every, every service, there's, there's no reason why every service should not be a healing and deliverance service. <clears throat> and it doesn't even require that we have people lay hands on us. We just step into the presence of God and draw upon his presence and we'll find wholeness. That's, that's basically all it is. And so um, anyway, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty excited about this morning. And um, it, it's a little bit like the horror of uh, when, you're, when you're getting going to get your car washed and in one of those lineups, and there's a whole bunch of people behind you, and you get to the front, <laughs> and you wonder, gee, I hope this ticket works. <laughs> Have you ever felt that? I hope this works. And you're, it's a, we're at Costco, big lineup behind you. Gosh, I hope my debit card works. <clears throat> Otherwise, you only have to take everything back and everybody. Listen, the thing about healing and deliverance, this was exorcisms, healing, proclamation. That's the kingdom. That's evidence of the kingdom. And I honestly don't have any pressure on myself at all because I can't heal anybody. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's our healer, <laughs> and he's present to heal. The question really is not, does he want to or am I able to? It's, are we willing to cooperate with, with because, because he desires much more that you be whole and healed than you even do yourself, truthfully. And, um, and I just love singing that song about the goodness of God. It just really touches my heart. He is so good. And, um, and I think that we need ongoing revelations of his goodness. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 9 says that Jesus was the happiest person that ever lived. Nobody is, was as happy as Jesus. He said among his brothers, no one had as much joy as him. When Jesus is functioning freely in your life, you are the most carefree, joyful person on the planet. <laughs> he, so, but, but as we said last week... <clears throat> The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's not our doer. We have to co-labor with the Holy Spirit <clears throat> to fulfill his purpose on the earth. So I'm going to share a little bit, and then we're going to pray for a bunch of people, and, um, and, uh, and that's going to be lots of fun. I want you to turn to, uh, I think it's Matthew chapter 6 I'd like to start with. And I'm going to repeat a few passages uh, just because they, they're worth repeating, and I think it's important um, for us to just settle in what's the kingdom of God and how the kingdom functions. And this will be a theme, an ongoing theme for the rest of this church's life. 
Because once a revelation, he begins to peel back a layer of revelation, there's just more and more and more, and there's an endless amount of revelation. Perhaps even you, the last month, as you're reading your Bibles, you'll find that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven just pops out at you. That, that's what I'm talking about. Um, I want to give a little shout out to Lauren and Ben Hughes. Those of you who think that it's a long drive to get to church, they come from Banff. A week ago, they took them an hour and 40 minutes to get here. They're from uh, Australia, and uh, they're pretty well Canadians, but it's just such a treat to have them with us. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, and uh, this, is, this is what got me thinking, or became in one of the anchor passages for me, when, when Jesus said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that, that specific passage. And there's four things in there I want to point out to us, to, just to begin with. First of all, if he says seek first the kingdom, that means there is a kingdom. <laughs> Can't think, seek it if it's not there. So the first thing is there is a kingdom. The second thing is that this dimension of kingdom life was meant to be continuative, not just when we're comfortable and not when it's convenient. But this kingdom was accessible <clears throat> and consistent. <clears throat> Excuse me. The third thing that I notice in this passage is that there is a priority to seeking his kingdom first. And fourthly is there's a dimension of his kingdom and, the, and kingdom life that requires us having an understanding of the righteousness of God. So it actually would translate into a certain style of life. Um, so... Seeking him first and his righteousness. Seeking the kingdom and his righteousness. You can do a little bit of work. I did a little bit on the kingdom of God. And, um, and we're told in Romans chapter 14 and verse 7 is that the kingdom of God is not, is not eating and drinking. It's not physical. But it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That would be a great sermon and someday I'll preach that. But the believer in our lives, we're to manifest the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God actually, uh, quite simply, would be life as it was originally intended for you. So you were originally intended to have a life of wholeness and abundance. That was the original intention. We could say it, is, it would reflect the nature of God, the character of God, the qualities of God. The kingdom qualities are the kingdom and qualities of the king. This quality of life is a is a, a supernatural dimension of life. And so that, that's, I think, best and easiest definition of the righteousness of God. But Matthew chapter 6, as you read the whole chapter, and uh, at different times I've reminded us, when is the Bible not true? It's not true when it's read outside of context. And it's, and it's not true when it's not, when it's not delivered in the same spirit in which it was written in, the spirit of love. So he, he makes quite a point here in all through chapter 6. In this last passage, just before it says, seek first the kingdom, um, he reminds us about not storing treasures on earth. It's an interesting thought that we can actually store treasures someplace else. I don't know if you've thought about that or not, but he says that there's another place that we can store treasure. <laughs> and, then, and then just a little later on, he says that you can't serve two different masters. It's coming down to a kingdom dynamic. That's where this is going. <clears throat> so you, here's what will happen. If you love one, you'll actually despise the others, what it says. So, so I don't know if you've met anybody who has, things haven't went well with them, and they actually despise God. 
because they had an expectation he was going to perform differently for him. So they've loved a different God, and they've despised the other one. In, in, in our families, we need to be aware, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. When you, as a household, are serving the Lord, your kids will learn to love the Lord, not despise the Lord. So anyway, he says that there's, um, that there's don't be, be careful of two masters. And then, he make, and then he makes this really clear command about worry. And I think this is interesting. Here's what he says about worry. Don't. As, and that's, that's, what the, that's the context of the kingdom. So here's what we can say. We could, we could actually translate that into saying, the kingdom of God is without worry. When, when there's worry in your life, the kingdom of God is absent. When we're to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done, his will is done when his kingdom has come. And when his kingdom has come, it's a worry-free zone. Anybody happy about that? <laughs> We want to have a little bit of worry-free moments. That's what I think. Anyway, uh, we talked last week about the Holy Spirit being our helper, which means we have to do something in order for him to do something as well. When I move, he can move with me. So the Holy Spirit, as we move with him this morning, and he's very excited to bring his kingdom and bring his healing and bring his presence and bring his deliverance. He's very excited about this this morning. I almost feel inside a little laughter that God is about to release some people from some burdens and some bondages. But the Holy Spirit is one that we're meant to cooperate with. Which meant, and here's what this means. This means that you cannot control the Holy Spirit. It's foolish to try. But what you can do is you can yield to the Holy Spirit. It's the Game of Thrones. Only room for one on the throne. And so as we think about this, we got to think, so how does his kingdom come? Well, we're told in John chapter 3 that until you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom. So the first qualification for kingdom life is for us to surrender our life to Christ and be born of the Spirit. Once we're born of the Spirit, now we're given a set of eyes to be able to see, John chapter 3 and verse 3. So you can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. But once you're born again, now you are given the permission and privilege to be able to see the kingdom. I think, I think this is wonderful. I think it's Proverbs 24. It says it's the glory of kings to conceal the matter. It's interesting how the Holy Spirit has hidden something as precious as the kingdom right in plain sight. It's right available for us right now. I love First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20. It says the kingdom of God is not words, but it's power. We're going to see some of his power, it may, and it's quite counterintuitive. We're going to, there's going to be a demonstration of his power this morning because along with the proclamation of the kingdom, there was other signs specifically, and that was the healing of sick and the exorcism of demons. Don't need to get frightened about that. It's just, it's just life. <laughs> okay. Uh, John, John would say that the, repent because the kingdom of God is at hand or it's within reach. And, um, and, um, and so I just want to turn to uh, Mark chapter 4. Okay, now that clock is wrong, right? That's, it's right? Oh, man, Gord, you took all my time. <laughs> Could I just blame somebody? Okay, let me make a, I can make a quick comment because then I want to start praying for people. Uh, Mark chapter 4. Um, 
Fleetwood Mac was in town this week. Um, every, every band has a, that's not a rabbit trail, every band has a signature song. I'm sure they played You Can Go Your Own Way, I'm sure. If, if Leonard Skinner was here, I'm sure he would play Freebird, I'm sure. Um, if, if Jesus came to town and he had a signature parable, it would be this one about the sower and the seed. Um, this, to me, is the parable for dummies. In verse 13, it says, if you can't understand this story, how are you going to understand any others? Here's what he said. He said that, that the, the sower goes out and he's sowing, but there's four different responses to the seed. And there's one, the, the, one, one of the responses, um, I mean, only one response produced fruit. Me and my wife had a, a real intense discussion this week on uh, being in the kingdom or out of the kingdom. This is, this is what, how I see it. It's not am I in or am I out, but what percentage are you in? And what, what percentage are you functioning under the kingdom dynamic? Last week I made that simple little illustration in, in a relationship. When a kingdom... When the kingdom of God is functioning within a relationship, there's forgiveness flowing. Soon as someone begins to forgive in a relationship, what happens? Peace begins to move. Stuff begins to move. And so he, he says here that, that as you look through that parable, verse 10, the, he tells the parable, and then some people probably said, ho-hum, just a story. Others said, hey, what does the story mean? And then, and then he said, this right after that, you're permitted to understand the secret about the kingdom, but I'm using these stories to conceal things from outsiders. There's some who are going to see but not see, some that will hear but not understand. And so he says the kingdom of God is like this, and then he uses a bunch of illustrations about what the kingdom of God is actually like. One in the four scenarios produce fruit. Here's what we need to understand about the kingdom. It's no longer an ethical imperative. It's not about what's specifically, specifically right and wrong. It's has, have you endured through these different types of soils and allowed the soil in your heart, good soil, to produce fruit? It's not, is the seed being sown? It absolutely is being sown. Is that seed being nurtured to produce fruit? That's the question in the kingdom about, and about the kingdom. That it's, these, these are, they're simultaneously um, taking place. The seed is out, the sower is out with some seed, and our choice determines it all. Freedom can only function in a context of choice. You have to be able to say yes or no. You and I have been given this sacred choice. You can choose to allow seed to germinate or not. That, that, that soil, the Greek and Aramaic term for soil, good soil, could be also used as the good land. You and I would know the good land as the promised land. When, when, and, and we come out of darkness, baptized in water and baptized in the spirit, and now have the opportunity to function within the promised land, a place of promise, which means we have to exercise faith. Here's how you know you're in the promised land. There's giants. That's how you know you're there. You want, well, if it's the promised land, why do I have to work? He said, it's yours, but you got to fight for it. Well, is it mine or do I have to fight for it? Yes. 
Any place of promise, there's a giant. Have anybody noticed that in your marriage there's giants? How are you going to deal with the giants? Because a marriage is a covenantal relation based on a promise. Two people promise. And he says, when those two would agree, I'll be present as well. That's what the Lord said. When we forget that there's giants and expel the giants, we no longer are living within the promise of covenantal marriage. This is the same in, in taking any land, any territory, spiritual territory as well, requires he says of John the Baptist there's no greater because John understood the violent act of taking kingdom. In, in the spirit world, faith is a violent act. It's required for you and I to receive anything on the earth. It's the same as how we receive salvation. It's by grace through faith. Both things. Everything that has been done for you right now to receive all the things that the Lord has for you. But it's going to require your act of faith to begin accessing that, and as we step out in faith, the power of God, the provision of God, the grace of God is released as we walk. So are we getting that there's a partnership? Okay. And my last point, good, they reset the clocks. I call this kingdom plyometrics. I think it's an interesting activation of spiritual power. Little bursts of power. And I've taken a whole bunch of pressure off myself today, and I'm going to put the pressure back on you. We're all going to cooperate in a kingdom endeavor of bringing freedom and healing and deliverance to other people today. Are you up for that? Oh, you thought you could just watch. No. You're deputized and authorized because the Holy Spirit's alive in you as well. So this is exciting. Just up the ante, didn't I? Um, Isaiah chapter 41 is a picture of how the kingdom comes. It says even, even young men are going to grow weary. And, and, and older men could faint. But those that would wait upon the Lord, which means to entwine your life, cooperate with him, include him in your life, those who wait upon the Lord will actually, an exchange will take place. Your weariness will be exchanged for his strength. And, and, and now you can run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. This is what happens when we entwine our life with the Lord. So here's the question I need to ask you as we come to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7 and 8. It says, as you go pro proclaim this message of the kingdom, that, that the kingdom, that the kingdom, so proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Announce this as you go. And as you go, he says, heal the sick. Not just pray for them, but heal them. There's a priestly function to every one in the priesthood of believers. That when we come across people that need healing, we are given the mandate to heal them. And then it says as well to cast out demons. This is a normal part of the Christian life. And then it says to uh, raise the dead. Uh, I think we're okay this morning. You're all here. Jesus wrecked funerals all the time. So here's what I need to say to us today just before we begin. Here's how we're going to do it today. Um, I'm going to engage your, your, your heart, your place of where your beliefs are held. And I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Then I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to do is a mass deliverance. 
It's just going to declare that light's coming and darkness is leaving. It's not that, but, but it's a violent act. Because for some, you've been living in darkness. You'll walk out of this building and things will look different. Because one of the mandates of the risen Christ in you and I is to renew, renew sight. So, so, so here's what I need your help with. I need you to agree in your heart. First of all, would you agree that God wants to heal? Great. I got... Secondly, would you agree that God can heal? Would you agree that God will heal? And the biggest one, would you agree that God has already healed you through the blood of the cross? This is, this is a big distinction. Because some are waiting for him to do something when he has done all that he can do and provided everything in the cross. He's waiting for us now to access the provision of full and complete healing in, in his death, burial, and resurrection. That, this is the good news. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, I already have a few times, to reveal to you what needs to be ministered to this morning. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to use words of knowledge to go with the healing. This just makes it very personal. So I'm going to ask one, one more time, Holy Spirit, I thank you for revealing to your body the things here that need to be ministered. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.